We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. The Kansas Jayhawks fall 55 to 14 in the biggest blowout of the season. This is the booth review post game show presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now, more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve anyone, anywhere. Emprise Bank member FDIC. Uh, wow, what a tough game. I am joined by Derek Johnson over at 1320. Uh, covers all things Kansas there. Derek, what's good, buddy? Uh, well, certainly not the Kansas defense, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, uh, hey, it, it was it was a little warmer today than I thought, so I guess that's a positive. <laughs> yeah, you were at the game. Uh, were you out in the, in the conditions or were you in the press box? No, I, I, I was out at the game in, in the conditions. I had some uh, – clients at work that um i was you know hooking up with some tickets to the game and uh, i wish that they would have uh gone to a different game instead for for them to be entertained by um what was the what was the i just what do you think about the turnout real quick we'll just get i want to go there because like i know there was a lot of lot to be made about the turnout for this game it looks like turnout across the board was abysmal in college football uh the big house in michigan not a full house for a a, a, a big game there uh, I saw Michael Swain uh, posting a picture of Iowa State's very abysmal turnout for their game. What was the turnout looking like for for that Kansas game? Um, it was it was definitely among some of the past home games less people than than you would expect, and I, I get it. The weather was a little bit cooler. You're you're coming off, you know, you, you've accomplished the big goal of making a bowl game and whatnot. It wasn't a bad crowd. It, it was certainly uh, more of a quiet crowd, and it it definitely wasn't. I don't know, probably 
around 40,000. I don't know what they marked it at. Um, maybe a little bit lower than that. I, I wouldn't be surprised. A little disappointing that you would think, hey, senior day, this team is bowl eligible for the first time in a while. Like maybe this would actually be a sellout. But yeah, it, it wasn't a crowd that, that gave much impact. But also with, with how the game went, I'm not sure that would have mattered much anyway. <sighs> yeah, real, uh, real rough one here uh for for kansas 55 14 as we kind of said um it a lot to unpack about this game um i think the first thing i kind of want to talk about i think everyone's probably talking about the return of jalen daniels comes back after uh what was at one point potentially believed to be a uh season ending shoulder injury or reported as such uh he does come back he comes back relatively quickly all things considered uh and it I have more questions, I think, than I do answers about the quarterback situation for the Jayhawks after that game, I guess, because he struggled. I, I, I think it's, it's fair to say he and the offense struggled. It's the way that they struggled, though. So we look at well, we'll just talk about his performance first, I guess, because I think there's probably multiple bullet points and I don't want to I don't want to run through them all. So I think that's probably the biggest storyline of this football game. But physically, Derek, it didn't look like the same Jalen Daniels uh, throwing the football that we've seen in the past and, and credit him for toughing it out. I think, which I think he is, I mean, watching him, it looks like he was toughing it out, but boy, the, the zip on the football wasn't, wasn't the same. The, the crispness with the, with the passes weren't, wasn't the same. The velocity wasn't the same. The ball placement wasn't the same. A lot was off in the passing game. Yeah. I, I did think that, I don't know. I felt like that one throw to Quentin Skinner kind of over the middle of the fields uh, where he fitted into a tight window like that was kind of vintage Jalen Daniels. But we didn't see that nearly as much. And you're right. There were a lot of the passes that, that felt like maybe they were fluttering a little bit more that um, they were a little softer thrown than usual. And um, I guess the question now is, you know, it for the Kansas State game, I don't know that I would expect it to, to look much better, but how much crisper can that look in in possibly the bowl game when you have more time off in between? But you're right. I mean, physically, it wasn't the same. It wasn't as as hard of maybe darts that you could see there. I thought he still threw a pretty good long ball. You had the one that he completed to Quentin Skinner, which was underthrown maybe a little bit, but made him get there. Uh, you had the other one to Quentin Skinner at the beginning of the game where he almost completed it deep, but Quentin Skinner had to dive for it and then kind of fell on the ball and it popped out. Um, and clearly, I think to me, the biggest difference, and I don't know if this was a situation where, where Jalen was not wanting to take any hits or if it was the coaching staff designing it this way, but clearly the quarterback running as, as part of the option game, that wasn't really part of KU's game plan today, or it just wasn't executed that way. Well, that's kind of where I wanted to, to go next because, okay, like we can talk about the physical limitations and it does seem like there were some physical limitations there for him this week um just trying to throw the football i i just think it looked a little bit more laborious than it has at times um i wonder if there's certain certain types of throws that seem to be giving him some trouble um a couple it looked like he was trying to push the ball a little bit more rather than throwing with the kind of natural ability that we've seen him all season and um but it man the play calling looks like it was severely restricted as well um I, I I think it's painstakingly obvious. I, the way that football game was called tells you all you need to know about Jalen Daniels' health. Um, because if you look at the way, you know, they, they completely, they didn't run any of the their, their option game at all. That wasn't even in the cars. They weren't even going to give Jalen Daniels the option to run the football there. 
um the interception that he threw even you know he was sprinting out he was running you know i think maybe jalen daniels from you know earlier in the season maybe tries to run that football get get some yardage there um even that throw looked uncomfortable i look the play the play calling was extremely restricted relative to what we've seen from this offense in the past and it it didn't look as good it wasn't as multiple it wasn't creating as many problems you know for the for the texas for the texas you know defense and that i think spoke volumes about his health and honestly i, I kind of wonder if it spoke volumes a little bit about jason bean's health too i know he got in late but i'm not entirely sure that he was all the way back either it, it seems like the, the jayhawks were you know trying to call a relatively conservative game they're they're playing with some constraints play calling wise offensively and like i think that showed up big time with the, the decision making on on play calling yeah i i think that's 100 percent right and you know with jason Bean coming in at the end that did kind of throw a wrench in my mind because that was my initial thought until we saw him that okay maybe jason Bean's not healthy uh and, and that was something that you know i've been talking about a lot like what do you go with? Is is an 80% is a 90% Jalen Daniels as good or better than a 100% Jason Bean? And I thought it, it might be, but maybe the answer today was that it's comparable, I guess, because uh, it's not like Kansas has had a ton of success with, with all the option looks with Jason Bean. He's just not as good as uh, some of the reads as, as maybe Jalen is or, or taking it in the teeth of the defense. But today there wasn't that difference. And when Jason Bean comes in at the end, that's the question. Is it uh, that he is healthy enough and that they just decided to go Jalen or is it just something where it was, Hey, it was senior day. He's celebrating it. Um, they're down by so much. They figured that they wouldn't be calling a bunch of plays that were going to let him get hit much or whatnot. And they're just going to kind of have an ode to Jason Bean and let him come in at the end of the game for his final home game and, and get some, some numbers. I'd be very curious to hear uh, about that this week from Lance Leipold or, uh, Andy Kolnicki or whatnot, because, um, yeah, it, it didn't look right for Jalen. You look at the stat sheet, like at the end of the day, it looked really good uh, outside of the interception, but uh, could have very easily had a second interception. And a lot of that kind of got padded on in the second half um, that I, I don't really know what you do at the quarterback position next week against Kansas State. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And it, it it's, kind, it's a bummer that this team isn't able and looking ahead a little bit. I, I think you're. I think they're in a tough spot. Um, <laughs> I think, I think they're. I think it's going to be difficult for them to to. Well, I don't want to get too much into that game. I just think what you saw this week shows. Hey, look, I don't know about the health of either of these guys. I don't know what you can do offensively if neither of these guys are healthy. The ability to run, the threat to run, um, isn't there. Um, the if you know if you're restricting you know the type of blocking schemes you're seeing because like it was a lot of zone stuff today it was a lot of the zone stuff that you've seen recently and um man it's gonna be i, I don't want to get too far ahead and too doom and gloom but i don't think i need i don't think i need to say that too much to, for people to understand but yeah it, it it was it was a bummer um i credit to those kids for playing credit to Daniel jane daniels for for getting out there and trying to play and you know, trying to be there for his team, especially I, I think you're I don't know what we're going to know about Jason Bean, but doesn't seem like he was all the way there. So this team was really put into a bind where they were at risk of having to potentially play Ethan Vasco, who, you know, I think is going to have a bright future. But I don't I don't think he's ready for for these opportunities yet. Right. So um, 
it, long term, it's gonna be it's gonna be something to to monitor here as well for sure. Um, I'm I'm with you there. Um, yeah, that's a it's a bummer. I I'm not I don't want to get it. I don't want to get too ahead of K State, but it is a bummer that I don't think you're gonna. I don't, I think it's gonna be a big challenge for KU to be able to do some of the things that they've had a ton of success doing this year with the current state of this roster at the quarterback position. So, you know, I, I don't know if things would have mattered though. <laughs> offensively if this team had been able to uh to put some points on the board texas offense was outstanding uh specifically the run game kansas really didn't have an answer for Bijan robinson or any running back in burnt orange today Derek, it was a i guess carryover from the texas tech game in terms of some of the missed tackling uh but it was less like the texas tech game was a lot of Hey, you got your arms around like Tyler Shuck or, or something, and then you just couldn't bring him down. And he's just a giant human. The 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 game today was Bijan Robinson is just cutting by you. He is just juking you out of your socks, or he is uh, you know, one cutting the other way and then reversing track and then gonna bounce out into the open field and just outrun you from there. Um, it was it was a trouble for KU tackling, finding the right angles, bringing him down. It was a trouble for KU getting uh, kind of pressure on that offensive line. I, I thought the Texas offensive line was fantastic today against KU, really got into that second level. And um, I thought Texas really exploited on the outside. I, I think there have been certain games that the Kansas corners have shown a willingness to come up and and get a hit in there. They're not big guys. Like Romello Dotson's a smaller guy. He's skinny. Jacoby Bryant is a really long guy, but he's skinny, slight of weight and stuff like that. And it's, it's not necessarily – I don't think like they – they are guys that are, you know, not seeking physicality in in that kind of mold of a corner, but they're obviously not bigger guys. And I think Texas really took advantage of that on the outside. Their receivers were really good blocking on the outside. They had a lot of plays where they were running sweeps left or right. They were running that. Uh, we saw it a couple times in the game where they they did kind of the pitch play out of the shotgun and just let Bijan gain the edge. Um, basically, everything they did, they, they were successful on the outside. They ran for over 400 rushing yards, and uh, it, it's. It's been very hit or miss for Kansas rushing defense this year. The the first five games, much improved from a season ago when they gave up over six yards of carry. Then the three after that, they struggled. Then they were good against Oklahoma State. And then the last two games, it's kind of disappeared. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed again i don't want to excuse too much um but i also like try to I, i'm very interested in some of the why right behind what what the struggles are of this defense why are they struggling right now and 
it, when it, when it comes to 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 the run game. And man, I, I think I think the we we talk a little bit about this on this show about you know KU's ahead of schedule and they're making a bowl game in year two and it's remarkable. And the fact that we are all here um, analyzing a KU loss with such disappointment that KU lost by 41 to Texas, even though, you know, I know Sands last year, you know, it's not, it's not abnormal for that game to be a blowout or games in, you know, in Kansas season to be blowouts. This is the first time the team has been blown out, blown out. Um, I, <sighs> I think you see the lack of depth. I think you see the overall lack of physical maturity. I think showing up a little bit right now. I think this team gets a little bit thinner, a little less healthy than they were early in the season. And I think you see guys like, and look, Romello Dotson and, and Jacoby Bryant, probably the two best cornerbacks on this football team. Kalen Gervin's up there, I think. But physically, those guys probably aren't they aren't the they aren't the 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 most complete college version of themselves from a physical standpoint and you know i think you've got that with a few guys even oj burrows isn't isn't you know a complete you know he's not complete in what he's going to be by the time he's done here at kansas and so you take into consideration a little bit of the depth you take into consideration some of the that's where i think you're starting to see some of the lack of you know time to develop physically showing up a little bit at time for these guys and they're still playing through it and they've, they've still found a way to have a lot of success this season but you know some guys might be holding up not as as well as they were earlier in the year that kind of feels like you know this this game showed that a little bit more for me personally i, I think that's a great point and you know you look at where they came from last year you're giving up 42 points per game uh, I don't know where it's at after the Texas game. They were around uh, low 30s coming into this one, so I don't know, probably around 33, 34 now. After that game, you're still a touchdown better, over a touchdown better than you were a season ago. And uh, I think for me it was a reminder of, you know, last year Kansas was the worst probably linebacking unit in yeah. Power 5. I, I mean, they, they had troubles there. And they brought in a bunch of transfers this year, and guys got better, whether it was Rich Miller or Taiwan Berryhill or whatnot. Um, and, and those guys have, have kind of struggled a bit over the last few weeks, but that position group is still a lot better than it was last season. I think it was just what we've seen in some of these games lately, mainly this one here, is a reminder that, yes, they're better than they were last year, but they had so much ground to make up yep. that you can improve from being the worst defense in the Big 12 to maybe still being the worst defense in the Big 12 now, but you've now at least closed the gap to where it's a little bit closer with you and some of the other teams. You can win with this defense now. It's not, you know, I I, I agree. Um, one thing that is that you speaking of the linebackers, it's one thing that was kind of interesting to me about this game, and it was looking how tech or how Kansas was kind of playing the run a little bit differently this week than they normally have. You know, there was a lot of talk this offseason about, you know, shooting the gaps and, and playing more in gaps with your defensive line and being a little bit more attacking and aggressive in a downhill um, with your defensive front to try to help stop the run. They played a little bit. They played a little bit more, uh, you know, holding the point of attack and, and trying to let uh, the linebackers fill and make plays. And that just wasn't happening. That just wasn't happening for the linebackers this week. So, you know, not as much downhill as we've seen in the past at times. Um, I'm kind of curious why they chose to do that, but it just seems like they weren't willing to play in the gaps up front um, on their on their defensive line as much as they have been, 
in recent memory. So I, something I kind of want to go back and rewatch. I don't really want to rewatch this game. I kind of want to burn the tape on this one, but that is one thing I'm a little bit interested in. It's just, it does seem like there might've been some schematic adjustments with this Texas run game uh, that the that the Jayhawks tried to try to utilize a little bit there. Yeah. And I, I heard from some people too, of like, uh, schematically why it, at some point just put eight guys in the box on every play and, and live with it if they, if they want to beat you over the top. And, and maybe there is some credence to that. But um, I do think that as as much as Quinn Ewers didn't really have a big impact on the game, like barely threw for over 100 yards, he averaged like five and a half yards per attempt. It wasn't a big game. He did complete a couple big passes to, I think, at least make Brian Borland and KU think about Oh, shoot, because there, there was uh, a deep ball, uh, I think, in the first half of the game. He hit one, I believe, at the start of the second half. And then KU has kind of had a problem all season long defending screens on the outside for receivers. So if you put all these guys in the middle of the box, Texas clearly showed, oh, we'll just you know throw Xavier Worthy or, or whoever on the outside and, and just let him make guys miss. So it's kind of like, uh, even though that was the biggest problem for KU to stop the run, and, and clearly they're going to have to make adjustments there, there were a few times where they did let you know, kind of a bunch of guys go up in the box and basically said, we're going to play one-on-one -on, -one on the outside and they got burned a little bit there. And, and I think that probably scared them back into going back to maybe more of the base defense. Uh, I saw some, I'm seeing some, uh, seeing some quotes from Lance Leipold's press conference here uh, from Jordan Gusky, Gusky over the Topeka Capital Journal. Uh, Lance Leipold said, okay, you played very poorly, was out executed in all phases, uh, disappointed because of the week of prep he thought Kansas had. That's always interesting. So it sounds like they thought they had a pretty good week of practice. Um, <laughs> here's an interesting one. Leipold said that there were bowl people uh, who watched this team today who didn't get to see what Kansas football was all about. So there's a lot of bowl games going out there or some bowl well, the games. Liberty around. Bowl, the, the, sorry to interrupt. The, the Liberty Bowl like sponsor or representative was out there watching uh, the yeah. game. Yeah. I saw some, uh, some, some uh, print material from the Liberty Bowl uh, looked like uh, in the press conference or press box. I mean, um, some stuff from about Jalen Daniels. Uh, Leipold said you could see Jalen Daniels work through some rust as the game went on. I uh, added Daniels didn't want to come out late so he could work through some things, but they thought pulling him when they did was the best move. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Daniels did get better as the game went on. I mean, and there's probably some confidence stuff to build off of, but like at the same time, it was late in the game. It didn't matter, but they did hit some explosive plays late in the game. And that was nice. And Hey, they got some points on the board, but I, I know we're going back to the, the offense, but seeing those Lance quotes might as well. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think without, I think without, you know, without the run element of what Jalen Daniels provides, I think it's still going to be difficult for this team to win uh next week as well i th if, they're, if they're not going to be able to run the ball and use the same kind of blocking that they have in recent memory i think it's going to be difficult for this team to sustain offense yeah i agree uh do you think is there any part in your mind at all that wonders if maybe at least some of the passing struggles because we did see quinn ewers struggle in this regard with as cold as the weather was it was like really dry out there too uh i i, I wonder if there is at all anything about the quarterbacks maybe struggling with the grip of the football and then the cold weather there. And, and there was clearly some sort of gust, a, a little bit of a wind on the field. Like I'm not saying that excuses everything, but I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something there that, that, that limits things a little bit. Uh, there could be a little bit of that. The thing that bothers me though, when I'm looking at um, 
looking at it just feels like there was some mechanical adjustments he was having to make at times on some throws and that really threw some things off for him and that's the stuff that kind of bothers me and scares me a little bit about where he's at and he mixed that in with hey we're just not gonna run the football those th that gives me a little bit of pause that maybe this team isn't this team is hamstrung and they're worried about trying to manage some things like that those are the things that are kind of scaring me like the totality of the picture no it could be a little bit like Quinn Ewers was very inconsistent completing the ball too so there definitely could be some weather stuff but man at the same time there's just a lot there's a lot there and a lot of signs that are kind of worrying me about the outlook for for uh for Jalen Daniels yeah I I think overall uh you look at it and there probably were a couple flashes like I said like the ball over the middle to Quentin Skinner I think he hit a it was either an out route or a comeback to Skinner downfield where you did see a little of that zip so I I do think there was at least enough to to make you think that that guy is still in there right uh, the the deep balls to Quentin Skinner as well but I I think you're spot on with the running part of it that 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 just that right there was what changed things up that is why Kansas put up you know, what they did against Houston and what they did against West Virginia, in addition to Jalen being, you know, kind of an assassin on those third down and mediums where he was able to convert, you have to have that threat of the running game. And that was, I think, the biggest thing they missed when Jason Bean was in there, that, you know, the quarterback's not going to be someone who's going to be taking hits or breaking tackles or uh, killing you in the read option game. So uh, I, I just wonder if maybe we won't see that version of this offense till the bowl game. And, and you would hope that after a couple weeks off in between there that you could at least see it then. Uh, I have a quote here from a, a complete stranger on Twitter um, that I don't know at all and don't even think deserves acknowledging. But uh, at Chase and Scott, uh, <laughs> Lance Leipold said Jalen Daniels practiced more than Jason Bean this week. Uh, and it's, if he came out in warmups feeling well, he was going to start. That's what Leipold said of Daniels. Uh, sounded like Leipold didn't want to throw Jason Bean in after he didn't practice much to start the week. So it doesn't sound like Jason Bean practiced, which would tell you, I think, a lot about um, the health situation and how this team is trying to navigate that. So uh, definitely it sounds like this team was a little bit behind the eight ball, eight ball with their play calling, uh, among other things. So I think that tells you a lot. It's going to be... Whew, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an uphill battle next week, and you know this was shaping up to be a pretty fun game, and I'm not gonna be doom and gloom, but I also think the battle is going to be extremely uphill for this football team uh, next week, trying to navigate uh, navigate a big game, trying to play a little bit left handed, I think, uh, than they, than they have been. So that's gonna be interesting. Derek, any thoughts before we get out of here? Where can we find you on Twitter? All that good stuff. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, you can find me at D Johnson Radio on uh, Twitter. This week will certainly be interesting with Battle for Atlantis for KU basketball coming off the big loss for for KU football. Obviously, we'll still be talking plenty KU K State. You can check it out with uh, Rock Shock Sports Talk three to six Monday through Friday on KLWN and Lawrence. Awesome. Well, that's Derek Johnson. I'm Ken Swanson. Thank you so much. This has been Booth Review. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.